This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050, the voice of Toronto sports. More controversy in Blue Jay land. Welcome to Toronto Today. I'm Andy McNamara. With you till 1 o'clock. You're listening on TSN 1050. TSN 1050.ca and on the iHeartRadio app. You can get us on Twitter at TSN 1050 Radio. Myself at AndyMC81. Keith Bauer, Mike Skrzyzniak behind the glass. Lots to get to today. Lots of Jays talk, of course. Marcus Stroman. Outburst. you like it? Do you not? And where... Is this Jays team really headed next season? We'll also dip into Dwayne Casey's comments, uh, essentially chastising star players not wanting to come to Toronto, and a lot of NFL too. Guys, the NFL preseason starts tomorrow. Hall of Fame game starts tomorrow. It's already here, so we're going to go and chat with John Crick, NFL columnist for Post Media. He has been to Patriots camp, Bills, Colts, Browns, Bears and finished up on the Lions yesterday. So we'll swing around those teams with John Crick. And also, hey, if if you're like me, even if you're a casual NFL fan, you're probably in a fantasy football pool of some sort. And this is the time of year drafts are starting to come up in the next couple of weeks. As these preseason games go along, you have to start to get ready. You have to start doing your research, folks. And I'm going to help you out with that. Andrew Garda from Pro Football Weekly. Fantasy football expert. He joins me at about 12.15. Cricket 12. Dwayne Watson talking Raptors at 12.30. Scott Mitchell, our TSM Blue Jays reporter, at 11.30. Uh, we'll get into the Marcus Stroman situation in a moment, but our poll question, and I want to open the phones with this too, because I'm not buying it. Heard from Ross Atkins, and essentially the, the overall message from the Blue Jays is that they are going to be contenders Next season, that they're still contenders. This is a, a blip season, a write-off season. They can still be contenders. So at TSN 1050 Radio, at AndyMC81 on Twitter, can the Blue Jays contend for the playoffs next season with this same core group? Yes or no. Start the re- rebuild. So can the Blue Jays contend for the playoffs next season with this same core group? Phone numbers 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Toll free. 1-855-591-6876, 855-591-6876. And I had a tweet in uh, from somebody asking, him, well, what does, what does the core mean? It was from Ennio Pippo. It says, define the core. So for me, as, as this team stands right now, the core would be Josh Johnson, Troy Tulowitzki, Russ Martin, Jose Bautista, Justin Smoke, Steve Pierce, right? Kevin Pillar, and on the pitching side, Stroman, Hap, Sanchez, and Asuna. That's the core Jays group to me. Can't rely on Devin Travis. So with that core coming back, they're going to make tweaks, of course, right? But to what level, we don't know. Like, really, if you want to get rid of question marks on this Jays team, you have to do a way better job addressing left field. Are you going to keep it as a platoon? Pierce, Carrera, whatever. Jose Bautista, God love him for what he's done, without a shadow of a doubt, should not be playing right field on a regular basis. Should not. He shouldn't be out in the field at all. Now he is. The Jays have too many guys who are DH slash first base types. Kendrick Morales, Steve Pearson, a perfect world. Bautista, Smoke. 
And if you're relying on Justin Smoke to do what he's doing this year again, maybe. But the one thing I love about baseball is you, you can't lie to baseball for too long. Over 162 games, you can't lie to baseball. And if, if, you, if you manage to trick it for one year, you usually come back to what you are. Now, Justin Smoke had come out, and we've heard the interviews on this station and elsewhere saying, all right, hey, I've changed my mentality. I'm a different guy. We saw Jose Bautista in his 30s totally revamp his career and become a star. Is Justin Smoke that guy? I have my reservations. There's nothing to say he can do this over a long period of time. So let's say Smoke regresses. Okay, so you have Smoke. Pierce just can't stay healthy. Jose Bautista in right field, who should not be there. Russ Martin in Tulo with massive contracts. Tulo with those, that ligament damage in his ankle. He hasn't done anything special since arriving. Josh Donaldson's a stud, but injuries have started to creep up. And Kevin Pillar has regressed. So for the pitching staff, if you go into next year, Stroman, Hap, Sanchez, and people say, oh, well, uh, the, the, the blisters will be better. You don't know that. You don't know that Aaron Sanchez is going to be able to figure out his blister problem. Al Leiter had major blister issues while a member of the Blue Jays. We've all heard the pickle juice stories and filing blisters down and all that. Finally, he figured it out. But he really figured it out later in his career after he left. Maybe the last year he was here. And then moving on. So we don't know if Sanchez is going to be able to get back. And is Hap going to rebound? That's your core, folks. So with that being said, that is your core. So with that, can the Blue Jays contend for the playoffs next season as the front office in Toronto wants you to believe? Yes, or no, start the rebuild. Phone number is 416-870-1050. Toll free, 855-591-6876. On Twitter at TSN 1050 Radio. Myself at AndyMC81. So far, the poll results, no. Start the rebuild at 66%. Yes, at 34%. Let's go behind the glass and find out what my guys are thinking here. Keith Bauer, producer. As is, with the playoff, with the, the core I listed off, can these Blue Jays contend for the playoffs? No. Thank you. No. Why the optimism? I have no idea. This Why? is already this is already a team that is the oldest team in baseball and I mean at least playing like bottom 5 in the league. And they've show, they've just they've shown nothing that says they're going to improve in 2018 when they're another year older. Does it seem like it, it feels like it's a spin, like a PR spin to me? Yeah. You know? It, it absolutely is, which I think is I mean you can't blame Rodgers, you can't blame the Jays for oh, no. I mean we lead, you know lead the league in attendance and Obviously, the money's being pumped in, so the more they promote their team as being a contender, then unfortunately, or well, fortunately for them, uh, the more people that are going to put their butts in the seats. Well, well, how about this? Instead of trying to do a PR spin, how about you go fix the team? How about you do that? Now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. For this team to contend next year, if you go the free agency route, it is going to be expensive. You're probably going to be as old or older. That's not the best way to... Build your brand long term, but don't sell me that you're going to be able to go to the playoffs next year. Now, can you maybe stay in second wild card contention for a while? Maybe, but this team is dead last in the AL East. So, what are you going to do next year? All right, the Red Sox are back, Yankees are back, Rays are improving. So, you might finish ahead of Baltimore. Okay, we shooting for fourth. Scriz, Mike Scrizniak, technical. Producer and producer of the critically acclaimed show, TSN Four Downs, returning this fall. It's Chrissy. Reunited. Yeah. Feels so good. 
Except up, for that singing. Except for that oh, singing. That's right, pretty sorry, bad. Man. Can the Blue Jays contend with this same core group next year? Absolutely not. Yeah. They just can't. They're too old. They're too slow. You look at the too way baseball's played now. Yep. It's, a, it's a combination of timely hitting, speed on the bases, and power. The Jays have one of those three. And not even power at near the same level as last year. Exactly. That's it. And the, aside from Asuna, who do you really trust in the bullpen? To pair, you expect Ryan to pair to continue this next year? No. <laughs> no you, you dealt Joe Smith. And bullpens come and go, right? What was it? Like two years ago when the Blue Jays' bullpen was lights out and they fall off. The reason bullpens are so unreliable, people, is because they're failed starters. No one grows up wanting to be a mid-reliever. It's because you failed at being a major league starter, and that's why you're in the bullpen. So it's no surprise that bullpens come up and down each year. So Okay, so Scrizz says no. Keith says no. I'm saying no. What are you saying? At TSN 1050 Radio, at AndyMC81 on Twitter. Blue Jays contending next season with the same core group. I don't really see how it can, it can happen. And especially, guys, I want to get your take on this too. I feel that the Blue Jays front office said going into this year, it was like a punt. They were not serious about taking it to the next level. If you were, you had to get more athletic, you had to get younger, and you had to be much more creative to contend with the Indians. Your, your measuring stick was the Cleveland Indians last year. You lost. Therefore, you have to find a way to beat them to get to the next level. And instead of getting more athletic, more diverse, they got older, slower, and more injury prone. So to me, there was never a, 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 a full effort put into contending more going into this season. They're just, I don't see how there was. I don't see how there was, Keith. I, it's hard to say there wasn't a full effort. I think... These were the additions. I, I Steve Pierce and Morales. Come on. No, which is totally fair, but I think they ex- definitely expected a lot more out of Jose Batista. They didn't expect Troy Tulowitzki to just be a tire fire. I think that there were declines that we saw through the second half of last season that they just expected to... I guess go away uh, come opening day this season. Didn't expect Devin Travis to only play 30 games this year either. But you know what? All those things you guys mentioned, though, have happened, right? You can cross your fingers and toes and hope all you want, but Devin Travis has been injury prone. Troy Tulowitzki had some big power numbers, but has never come anywhere close to his Colorado figures in Toronto. So you couldn't rely on that. You couldn't rely on Travis. Jose Bautista, 37 years old. We were hoping he'd have a comeback year. He bet on himself. Failed. Jose Bautista's done as what he was. Can he still be a contributing bat at some point, somewhere? Sure. He's not an everyday guy. So they hedge their bets on way too many areas. Oh, in left field, you went with a part-time injury-prone guy in Steve Pierce. Love the couple grand slams in four days. Cool. And Kendris Morales was kind of a swap out for Edwin Encarnacion. That's the one I can live with. I know, Edwin, you're going to get more out of Edwin. But if that was the swap out for money, what, I, I can live with the Morales one. Other than that, what, what did you do to get better? What did you do to compete with Cleveland or get more athletic? You didn't. You went the opposite direction. That's why I just feel that they weren't serious about that. They're trying to ride this out and figure out what to do. Now they're in a bigger mess because you have more holes than you did last season. And... Now you're trying to sell to the fan base. Oh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be back next year. Really? Why? Because they're going to raise ticket prices and <laughs> use that money to buy Bryce Harper. There you go. Problem when, solved, Andy. When, when 20, 2019? Does he come up? Yeah. 
No, it's all about 2018. And the Yankees are going to get Harper. <laughs> well, they're going to trade for Kershaw, aren't they? With all the prospects? Oh, wait a minute. They're going to get everybody. That's, what, that's what's so frustrating to me. The Jays the last two years, you had your window. The Yankees and Red Sox were down. They're never down for long. Now they're back up. So now, once again, you're in arguably the toughest division, if not in baseball, at least in the American League. And you have to fight that battle. And the Yankees just aren't doing what they used to, buy free agent veterans and club away. you got Aaron Judge, you got Gary Sanchez, you got a whole stable of youth that now you can complement with free agents. Like, oof, this is going to be tough. Go look at how the Astros are building. Go look what the Red yep. Sox did. They all sucked for a bit, got a bunch of prospects. The Jays have to do the same thing. And that's the thing, Chris. Either own it, say, listen, we're, we're old, but we got a two-year plan, and we're going to be back quick, and this is how we're going to do it, and these are our stars. Is it going to empty out the Rogers Center for a bit? Probably. Jay, Toronto has smart baseball fans, but also a lot of Fairweather fans. Like, I'm sorry, you go back to 2011, 2012, you didn't see everybody walking around town in a Blue Jay hat and people going out taking selfies at the Dome. No, it didn't happen. So, But if you want to get good... I don't think you need a complete teardown because in baseball, it's tougher than any other sport. Again, prospects at 18, you won't see for five years. Maybe a stud in double A comes up to triple A, can't hit, and you're, and you're done. But yet, you have, to, you have to at least own it to try to patchwork your way. Like, what's the goal here for 2018? To try to nibble away at the second wild card spot? Well, you're, you're technically in playoff contention then, I suppose. But, all right, let's look at the Jays right now. They have to pass one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven teams. So next year, you come back with this core, a little addition here and there. Are you better than the Kansas City Royals? I don't think so. Tampa Bay Rays, they've gotten better. You can probably catch the Orioles. LA Angels, not scared of them. Twins had a bit of a dip. They're going to be back, and the Rangers are having an off year. So who are you catching? That's, that's the problem for me. How, what, what are you, how are you catching these other teams? How are you building yourself better to contend? Well, the offseason is going to tell us a lot of that, but I think this trade deadline, Monday's trade deadline, told us a lot about the vision of this team. In short term, it's put a Band-Aid on the leak in the dam and hope it doesn't all crumble next season. That's where I think we're at. All right. So, you can vote on that poll again at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81. You want to talk Jays next year? You want to talk about Marcus Stroman? Last night, fiery. 416 870 1050. 416-870-1050. Toll free 855-591-6876. So, Marcus Stroman, we know he's, he's a fiery guy. He's emotional. That's Control or, or being just fully aware in the game, maybe. But last night, we had the Tim Anderson situation where stare down and then Stroman was staring down and walked towards the, the White Sox dugout. And the Jays ultimately winning that game 8-4. to four. But you also had, now this was caught on MLB Dot com, you had Buck Martinez and Pat Tabler, a uh, little chirp on Marcus Stroman. And it doesn't help, too. Like, 
Okay, we see he's an emotional guy, and that's that's great. But then you go to Twitter. Not never a good thing to go on Twitter when you're upset, when you're emotional. It's he he was saying. Let's see. So at uh, at M Strew number six, he uh, tweeted out two hours two hours ago. Said, stay true to self. Society struggles with personalities that don't conform to the norm. Never let their criticism sway you from being you. Love the message. But essentially, Martinez and Tabler were saying that, um, you know, he can't help himself. Going staring down. Didn't have to do that. Couldn't help himself. Uh, they didn't know the mics were on. Always a dangerous thing in this business. And Stroman heard it. One happy. He also tweeted out, Lions never concern themselves with the opinions of sheep. Strowman bringing some heat there. And Keith, what do we have, uh, what do we have here on, uh, on Strowman and, and Anderson? Who's talking here? Let's see, is this Hayhurst? Oh, Tim Anderson uh, speaking about the situation between himself and Strowman. Here we go. I mean, he's going to try to throw me off, so why not step out and try to throw him off? So it's just, you know, one of those things that I, I, I step, stepped out and, you know, he just complains and, and cried like he always does. So it was, you know, so it, it, that's, that's what it led to. So Anderson saying Stroman's whiner, a complainer. And that can, listen, that can benefit if you can control it and almost make it, not that it's not his personality, but it, it, you can extend it and almost as a persona and a character you can get under people's skin and get into their heads a little bit. If you can do that, that's a bonus. Marcus Stroman spoke after the game, after the 8-4 win, on the incident with Anderson, his side. seemed like he wanted to talk the entire way back to the dugout to striking out. Uh, I got the ball back from Donaldson after throwing the ball around, and he was still continuing to talk. So I asked him what he was saying, and he continued to talk more. So I walked to the dugout, thought he had a problem. But, I mean, I don't understand why, why he would be running his mouth, walking back to the dugout. It made zero sense to me. And I'm with I'm with Stroman on this, hundred percent. Anderson's chirping. You're standing. You're standing there. You got K'd, bro. You got struck out. Get back to the bench. You're done. You didn't like how he took his time or slow pitch or whatever. So don't. If you're gonna stand out there, start chirping, staring down the pitcher. What's he supposed to do? What's Marcus Stroman supposed to do? And there's been some criticism of Stroman for how he handled it. Maybe he didn't have to walk towards the dugout. But he's saying, listen, I'm the alpha dog out here. I struck you out. Sit down. And if anyone else has a problem with it, come get some. That's what Stroman was saying. I like it. Why do we have to accept meek, timid athletes? Oh, I don't know. Just cower away. No. Marcus Stroman's not like that. He's the emotional leader of this team. I loved it. Go out there. And as he, as he tweeted out, He's staying true to himself. Why should he why should he allow Tim Anderson to punk him? Why? Because not professional the other way. Well, was it professional for Tim Anderson to stand out there and start yapping? I don't think so. It's all right. He wants to do that. Strowman's gonna come right back at you. Gonna come right back at you. And we had uh, John Gibbons, manager of the Jays, of course, talking about he he gave his, so we had we had Stroman, 
We have Anderson. What's the Blue Jays manager have to say on the stare down between Stroman and Anderson? No, I'd be honest, I don't know exactly what it was, but, you know, you know, I think you notice things more in baseball and other sports. There's more, everybody's more together. You hear, it's not any different than that. It's just you notice it on the baseball field because everybody's separated. So, yeah, Gibby's saying pretty neutral on it. I'm not, I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned about Marcus Stroman acting the way he did. He didn't throw a glove, a ball, and the you know he didn't go rush the dugout. Took a couple steps. Didn't like the attitude put towards him. I'm fine with it. What do you guys think, Keith? You like it? You like the attitude of Stroman? I I, I like I like the chutzpah saying you're not going to punk me. I struck you out. No, I I appreciate the fire, but I just think he's. You know, he's pretty much become one of the most hated players in baseball, and I think at this point he needs to know that, and especially after striking a guy out, be the bigger man. Let Anderson chirp and do his thing, and Anderson can be the idiot, and Stroman just needs to learn to walk away. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're the most hated man in baseball by opposing teams, I'm fine with that. Coven, hate me. Let me distract you. Let me get in your head. Now, if he's hated by the umpires, that's, uh, that's a problem. That, that turns into an issue. But if it's hated by players, so what? Why should I be? We, we complain. And I hate when you see players after exchange jerseys in football or hugging and high-fiving in basketball. You're out to win a game, man. Good. I'm glad the White Sox hate him. I hope every team hates Marcus Stroman. Because he's going to use that fuel to be a dominant pitcher. Again, he's got to make sure it doesn't translate over to the umpires. That's where it could be an issue. Scrizzy? You like the fire of Strowman? No, I think he's a douche. Wow. Wow. Because that happens every game against every team. Really? Yeah. Like, I don't care. You're five foot seven. I don't care. Can I quote? You have little man syndrome. I'm, I'm over it. I'm going to say, at Scrizz says to at M Stro number six. Uh, M Stro? That's, that's three, three O's. Stro <laughs> Stro? Yeah. We should. We should. Uh, I don't care what, when it's the ninth, <laughs> when you're the ninth place team in the AL facing the thirteenth place team. Stuff like this just bothers me. But it's frustration. Like, don't you want to see instead of complacency and nobody cares? He, they are in last, but he's still. Yeah, but cares. he was striking him. He struck him out, and they're winning. Like, just let Tim Anderson go cry like a baby. Because in the end, who the hell is Tim Anderson anyway? When you're I, supposed to be the ace of a staff and one of the top five pitchers in the AL. I guess, but why should he be punked? Cares how and how's how, he getting how, punked? Yeah, how is this being punked? I don't. How's it being punked? He's out there chirping. He's, the he's, star- he's staring down. So what? He's staring down to him. He's chirping at him. What's he supposed it's to? It's not do? the first time. It won't be the last no. time. No. And, 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 and you and you look at the top pitchers in baseball: Clayton Kershaw, Chris Sale, Max mm-hmm. Scherzer. Do you think those guys are going to respond to Tim Anderson chirping them? Different Stroman's, individual. Despite Stroman not being the bigger person, but then why would? But why <laughs> would he's he got to be the bigger person? Why would he tweet something about lying, not responding to sheep, and then he's looking at this sheep named Tim Anderson? The Twitter replies, "I'm with you." Ne- don't take to Twitter when you're emotional. That's where it, that's where it gets a little ridiculous. Emotional. But that's why, if you can harness it, Scrizz, if you can have that... He's not Kershaw. He's not Scherzer. Yeah, he's a five foot seven dude, and he needs to find his own way, and he is an individual, to try to pump himself and the fans up. If you dull Marcus Stroman, you're taking away of what he is, what makes him effective. I agree on the Twitter. I, just, I would love Shouldn't to hear what guys like, the older guys like Russell Martin... And Donaldson think oh, of Strowman's antics. Probably I don't know what Bautista thinks of the antics. Well, Bautista's right because into it. He's got his own antics. What we think. I want to hear what those guys think. Well, Bautista, I'm sure, is right into it. 
Who's a bigger chirper when he's playing well than Jose well, he's Bautista? Also, he's the only guy that's probably a bigger douche in the league than Stroman is. Well, and so. like here's the thing. Bautista got into it, and then it started affecting, I think, with the the umpires. Right? And so Stroman has to make sure you don't want to get those giant crybaby umpires against you. God forbid you show one of them. That's another story. But anyway, we'll take the break. And on the other side, we'll talk more Blue Jays. Scott Mitchell, our TSN Blue Jays reporter, get his thought on the Stroman incident, the series in Chicago. And look ahead to next season. Can the Jays actually be contenders with this same core group? NFL and Raptors talk coming up later as well. This is Toronto Today. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening on TSN 1050. It seemed like he wanted to talk the entire way back to the dugout after striking out. I got the ball back from Donaldson after throwing the ball around, and he was still continuing to talk. So I asked him what he was saying, and he continued to talk more. So I walked to the dugout, thought he had a problem. But, I mean, I don't understand why, why he would be running with not walking back to the dugout. It made zero sense to me. Blue Jays' Marcus Stroman on Tim Anderson. Some yapping as the Jays doubled up the White Sox 8-4 to yesterday. Welcome back to Toronto Today. I'm Andy McNamara with you till 1 o'clock. Here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, and on the iHeartRadio app. Still to come, some NFL talk, some fantasy football preview. Get you ready for your fantasy pools and some Raptors. But lots more Blue Jays and baseball talk coming up right now with TSN Blue Jays reporter Scott Mitchell on the line. Scotty, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. So we had we heard Marcus Stroman off the top there, improves the 10 and 5, 7 solid innings, pitch 5 strikeouts, a walk. What do you make of the whole situation? Because I'm of the I'm of the mindset. All right, Tim Anderson, he lingered, and Marcus Stroman walked to the dugout a little bit. He went to Twitter after. What do you make of this whole situation? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, another day, another interesting Marcus <laughs> Stroman moment, another interesting Marcus Stroman scrum, and uh, for for many reasons, it, it was just a just an interesting night for for Marcus uh, and and all of us watching. Because I mean. I, I thought that whole thing was unnecessary, and there's so many there's so many things to unpack when you talk about this this situation with Strowman because he essentially was, you know, he's had these problems with with the delivery and the and the umpires uh, calling time in his delivery in his hitches in his timing mechanisms, which are essentially to throw hitters off, and, and there's mm-hmm. nothing illegal about it. MLB has deemed there's nothing illegal about it. Um, Talking to Russell Martin last night, he doesn't have a problem with, with these hitters calling time because it's a risk for them. They take the they take the hand off the bat, and and they're risking not getting time called. He he thought one was late last night, and clearly Tim Anderson thought it, it was a couple. So uh, Russell thinks you know teams are teams are talking in their pregame meetings to say, hey, this is what he's going to do, call time, and and the umpires have have been been granting it essentially which ticks stroman off and that's that's kind of what set that that whole situation off and uh, i i thought it was unnecessary anderson was was chirping on the way back to the dugout and anytime a player chirps um mark stroman tends to tends to chirp back that's who he is that's we've seen him he's a an emotional guy on the mound he's said many times he's not going to change his ways but um when you hear tim anderson talk after the game um, it, it runs a little deeper than that. This is, he says, uh, this is a guy who cries all the time and, and, and acts like a baby. And, um, you know, there's definitely a reputation now for Marcus Stroman. There, there was before, and, and, it, and it's just kind of being punctuated every single time he takes the hill, especially over the last uh, kind of couple of months, because 
I've said this, you know, many times. I enjoy Marcus Stroman's starts because mm-hmm. you just never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to go down. And it's seemingly every single time he pitches, um, something happens. And, and this is a guy who comes out after the game and, and isn't happy about things and, and, and kind of takes it out on the media a little bit. And, and Anderson's in the other clubhouse talking about how essentially he has a reputation for doing that. And um, Stroman wasn't only mad at that last night. He was mad at, uh, at a comment that, that, Buck Martinez made on on the air um, when the when the mics were live and the mics were hot and, and he said uh, he just can't help himself and uh, you know it takes to Twitter after to to kind of give his uh, give his say in, in his own unique way and man I mean it, it just continues to continues to go around with Marcus Stroman and and in between that um, he continues to pitch very well yeah and and really. I'm fine with what he did and how he acts in general on the mound. The Twitter thing after, to get to not be able to control yourself and, and you take to Twitter when you're emotional, never a good look. Rarely does it end positively. And that, that's where I think that the whining side can kind of come out uh, as well. But, Scott, when, when I see Marcus Stroman, like, okay, the Jays are dead last. They're not making the playoffs. And this guy's still coming out with fire, with energy. Don't you think from a, a clubhouse standpoint, yet people can point to him and say, look, he still cares. No one's ever going to accuse Marcus Stroman of not caring. And I think that can be a good thing for a club that's struggling. Sure, yeah. I mean, and then that's that's why you, you kind of take the good with the bad with, with, with Stroman is because he, he continues to pitch well. Um, he continues to go out there every every fifth day and, and give it his all, and, and he'll tell you that. And yeah. whether he's doing that um, for the team or whether he's doing that for Marcus Stroman, you can decide that. But um, you know, yeah, you, you can't take anything away from the, from this guy's passion and this guy's um, you know emotional desire to, to pitch well and, and play this game. But um, I, I think at some point. Um, the drama, the shenanigans, uh, they've got to stop. And, and whether that's on Major League Baseball to, to really give these umpires and, and give um, Stroman some kind of direction on these timing mechanisms in his delivery that seems to be the root of it all. But um, whether you think that's the root of it all or not, uh, I'm not really sure because every time you hear an opposing player speak now, they, they talk about Stroman in a sense that it isn't just the isn't just the hitch in his delivery and and the, and the things he's doing to try to throw them off. They notice the emotional stuff and and whether that's directed at them or not um, is for you know only Stroman can answer that. Mm-hmm. But he clearly he clearly is rubbing people the wrong way on the baseball field and um, maybe old school people wouldn't enjoy that. Um, I know it's entertaining to watch for, for everyone in the, in the building at the time, because like I say, you just never know what's going to happen. But uh, I think this puts more pressure on, on, on Stroman to, to get results because when you're, when you're pitching well and getting results, you can do these things. You can, you can act this way. You can be brash and have bravado and, and do things like that. And, and when you're, when your ERA is, is what it is, like Marcus Stroman's like a sub 3.2 ERA, you're allowed to do that, but this places pressure on him to perform each and every time out because you can't do that if you're not pitching well. Yeah, uh, in conversation with Scott Mitchell, our TSN Blue Jays reporter, on Twitter at Scotty Mitch TSN. Uh, I have a show poll up today here, Scotty at TSN ten fifty radio at Andy MC eighty one. Can the Blue Jays contend for the playoffs next season with the same core group they have right now? Because the trade deadline, nothing of. Of note, and I don't think that was overly surprising. The offseason still remains, but it, it seems like the message coming out is we still think we can contend with this core group of guys. How do you feel about that? 
Well, I mean, I'm on the record a few times saying that that I don't I don't think it's a crazy idea. I, I think there's a lot of work to be done between now and that happening. And it also wouldn't shock me to be sitting here in in May, June, July next season, going through the exact same conversations that that we've gone through over the past six to eight weeks, because they need to get out to a good start next year. And and but it all starts this winter. I mean, there's lots of holes on this roster to fix. But when you look at the top three in the rotation of, of Stroman, Sanchez, and, and Hap, and you look at the bullpen with, with Osuna and um, a, a couple interesting pieces that have pitched well this year and kind of stepped up in, in Danny Barnes and, and Ryan Tapera and even Dominic Leone, who's having a, a quietly fantastic season. Um, and then you look at uh, Josh Donaldson being in a, in a, in a contract year. Uh, if he doesn't uh, get moved this winter, which um, chances are, are – chances are better that, that he's back than, than getting traded. But um, you just look at that and, and you look at some of the other pieces in the lineup. If, if this is what Justin Smoke is now, if he's kind of turned into what everyone expected when he was drafted 11th overall, um, it, it's an interesting it's an interesting roster. That, uh, despite the fact that, uh, you know, this team is, is buried seven games under 500 at this point, without that horrific start, They'd be right in the wild card mix right now, and they've kind of done enough to, to keep their head above water. It's been an inconsistent and frustrating season to watch, I think, for everybody. But uh, I think people are too focused on on the disappointment of this season rather than looking at the big picture and taking a step back and, and looking at what's on this roster. Um, clearly, like I say, a lot of work to be done. You got to fix the outfield. You got to add some bullpen pieces. You got to you you have to fix the back end of the rotation. Um, you have to make a decision where Devin Travis is going to play and, and how healthy he is, um, and then uh, and then you go from there. And then you need uh, you need a little bit of good fortune. You need potentially a, a player to develop, um, maybe not unexpectedly is the right word, but maybe quicker than expected. Uh, an Anthony Alford, a Lord Escurial Jr. Uh, you need a, a couple of these young guys um, to maybe to maybe step up, but uh, things need to go right things stars need to align next season but being in the wild card mix at 85 to 90 wins isn't out of the question no i agree with the the win total there now what about the john gibbons situation because you mentioned the slow start under gibbons notoriously the team's been a slow starters now they've been able to overcome it they haven't been able to this year if you're going to stick with the same core do you feel a manager change would make sense? Would it be something that the front office might be considering? Because that could be they, Gibbons still isn't their guy. Like they, they still have that card to play. Well, I mean, yeah, you look at uh, what's transpired this season, and, and I think pinning any of this on on, on John Gibbons would be uh, would be crazy. Because I yeah. mean, this is a veteran roster. This is a team that's been banged up. This is a team that's underperformed, and it hasn't underperformed because of uh, managerial moves or lineups or batting orders. It, it's it's underperformed because it's old and it's aging, and and all of their players that uh, you expected to to take steps forward, um, save for maybe Marcus Stroman and, and Justin Smoke and a couple others, probably in the bullpen, um, they they just haven't done that, and and. It's it's impossible to, to put down the manager. I think the the contract extension in the spring kind of gave you an indication that um, it's not their guy, but they're very happy with what they've seen um, oh, from John Gibbons over over the past couple of years. They like the way he manages that that veteran clubhouse. Could they make a change? Sure. I mean, they they could look at this season and say say we need a new voice, we need new leadership. 
we, we need a, a different guy steering this this team in the direction. But maybe that that comes along with uh, some sort of rebuild in the future, where where you uh, where you look at uh, that the fact it's it's not a veteran group anymore, and you don't need a manager who's who's good at. at at, uh, at dealing with personalities and, and things like that. Maybe you need more of a, a tactician um, on, on the bench. But, uh, you know, it, that, that's just a, such a tough thing to say. I don't think, I don't think Gibbons deserves um, to, to, to be fired, and I don't think, uh, I don't think that's uh, the focus for the Blue Jays at this point. I think everyone knows that, that this is simply a roster that got old in a hurry and has uh, just suffered through uh, uh, an unlucky year with a, a number of uh, a number of just bad performances. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Gibby is the perfect guy right now for this type of uh, roster. And he can be a placeholder for when they do make a, any type of, of radical change to the lineup. Uh, Scott, thank you so much for doing this, man. Talk to you soon. Yeah, no problem. Take care. All right, Scott Mitchell, TSN Blue Jays reporter on Twitter, at ScottyMitchTSN. So, what do you think? For the Blue Jays contending next season. With the core here. And Scotty listed a whole bunch of holes. And I think that's going to be just too much to overcome in one offseason. To truly be a contender. Now, I guess it depends what you want to classify as a contender. Is it being three, four, five games out of the second wildcard spot at the end of the year? Is that contending for you? Well, if that's the case, maybe they can hang around there if a lot of things go right. But you can vote at TSN 1050 Radio, at AndyMC81. Can the Blue Jays contend for the playoffs next season with this same core group? We'll take the break, come back with Sound Wars, and we'll open the phones too. 416-870-1050, 416-870-1050, toll-free, 855-591-6876. You want to talk Jays, you want to talk Marcus Stroman, some NFL talk, some fantasy football. All open on Toronto Today, coming up here on TSN 1050. Welcome back to the show. I'm Andy McNamara with you until 1 o'clock. You're listening on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, and on the iHeartRadio app. It is 1148, and this is Toronto Today. It's time for a TSN 1050 Sound War. Whoa, I get that one! This is the worst one for sure. The best sound bites go head-to-head, then you decide which one survives this TSN 1050 Sound War. Brought to you by Old Tomorrow's new Lighter Up Light Logger. It's sound bite seed number 5 versus seed number 12. Sound bite number 5, the first of many records set by Austin Matthews as a Leafs rookie. Here's Matthews with Nylander, two on one, back to Matthews, he scores! Austin Matthews, four goals, do you believe this? Holy mackinac, the kid's on fire! One of many, what a year for Austin Matthews. Alright, soundbite number 12, Phil Kessel th- uh, thinks Jay Beagle is an idiot. Beagle responds with this challenge. Jay Beagle said that uh, the playoffs should be nasty. That's the way they like to play. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, if he thinks that's clean, then he's an idiot. Are you one for billboard material, anything like that, and calling you an idiot? Ouch. I'm hurt deeply. Um, <laughs> I don't know. If he wants uh, to settle it, uh, we could always, you know, play some Mario Kart. He knows where to find me. <laughs> Jay Beagle throwing it down. I like that. I wonder who would win. 
You can go to tsn1050.ca, click on Sound Wars, and vote for your favorite soundbite. Seed number five, Matthew's fourth goal, or seed number 12, Kessel versus Beagle. Voting for this sound war closes at 3 p.m. Listen to Overdrive later today for the results and for the start of a new Sound Wars battle on TSN 1050. Sound Wars is brought to you by Old Tomorrow's new Lighter Up Light Lager at select Loblaw grocery stores. All right, still to come the show. At noon, John Crick, NFL columnist for Post Media, he's done six NFL training camps. He's been all over. He's covered Patriots camp, Bills, Colts, Browns, Bears and Lions. So he'll check in at 12. At 12.15, I'm going to get you ready for your fantasy football pool. Whether you're a big poolie or not, chances are you got some buddies who are into it and they're going to ask you. Well, I go to Andrew Garda from Pro Football Weekly, one of the tremendous fantasy football experts that I know. He's going to give you some tips. Now, 12.30, we're going to go to Dwayne Watson, Raptors game night co-host. We'll swing around the NBA. Interesting offseason. Kyrie Irving wanting out of Cleveland. Steph Curry mocking LeBron with Kyrie in attendance at a wedding or some sort of function. Also, Dwayne Casey chastising star players for not wanting to come to Toronto. And really, what are the Raptors' chances if Kyrie moves on in the East? Do they have a better shot at dethroning Cleveland? What about Boston? So we'll get into all that with Dwayne Watson. Uh, That'll be at 12.30. You want to talk Jays, NFL, Fantasy football, we'll keep the lines open for a few minutes, 416-870-1050, 416-870-1050, toll-free, 855-591-6876. And uh, I want to get into this, this Dwayne Casey stuff, though. Um, interesting. So he was on our sister station in Vancouver, TSN 1040. Uh, Casey commented on players not wanting to come to Toronto. Have a listen. Shame on NBA players who don't want to come to Toronto and play. Shame on them because they're missing out on a great organization, a great city, uh, a team that's, you know, you talk about building a super team. Why not come to Toronto and do it there? That's my, my recruiting pitch to them. We, we've got the – everybody, you want to go to Minnesota, you want to go to Phoenix, that's bull crap because we have everything you want to have, uh, a rabid fan base, a whole country that you can come be a part of. All the negative stuff, uh, the weather, taxes, all that – is bull crap because you have those same other issues in other places. And I understand I've heard all the arguments and all that, but we feel like we have the best place to come and play. Dwayne Casey with the fire. Shame on you, he says. Yeah, why not Toronto? What, to Minnesota? All right. You think Canada's cold? Head over. Spend a winter in Minnesota, NBA players. See how that treats you. But yeah, why not Toronto for a super team? Demar, Kyle, they've re-upped, you know, before, and there it's it's a it's a destination place. And players love coming here, but there's still that stigma of it being a different country, currency and weird stuff like Toronto is a perfect spot for a super team. Perfect spot. Now, of course, Dwayne Casey has a rooting interest in that because uh, you know, help him win a title. But with the power shifting to the East, I think the East is primed for another club to take a run at the Cavs, especially if Kyrie moves on. And there's no guarantee that's going to happen. Now, they'll want to move him on because he doesn't want to be there. You never want somebody who's going to be not the best in the locker room. But remember, Dan Gilbert and the Cleveland Cavaliers do not have to trade Kyrie Irving. 
He's not LeBron. He's not calling the shots. He's not directing the traffic. If they say, Kyrie, you're under contract, you're going to be in here, and you're going to play, then that's what's going to happen. But there's an opportunity. You saw Boston, right, getting Gordon Hayward. They're trying to make a push. Wouldn't have been great if the Raptors were able to, to figure out a creative way and make their version of a super team in some way, shape, or form. you got C.J. Miles in. What does that mean? Especially if Kyrie goes. And it depends what you get back for Kyrie Irving, of course, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So uh, we'll get into more Raptors talk with Dwayne Watson in a very interesting NBA offseason. That'll be at 1230. After the break, though, to John Crick, NFL columnist for Post Media, one of the brightest minds and most interesting NFL guys I know. He swung around several NFL camps. We'll check in with him as the preseason starts on Thursday. A lot more coming up here on Toronto Today on TSN 1050.